two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X with Exeter Chiefs. Don't miss the friendly against the Scarlets on Saturday the 10th of February. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk. Welcome to episode 23 of Two Locks and a Cox with myself, Chris Bentley, legend of the Exeter Chiefs in my own lunchtime, the Saltburn aficionado Ian Dunstan and Sarah Cox, the dame of the realm. This week, on the field, Sarri's edge the girls in a top-of-the-table battle. The boys batter Glasgow in a game that was never in doubt, and we're going to talk with Coxie in-depth about that scrum decision at the end. Off the field, Alec McHepburn, Chad Rees-Zammett in the NFL, and Faye Wabosu, the Welshman, playing for England. In the bin, my hangover from Sunday, plus that man, it's all going down in our town. Two Locks and a Cox, the most loaded podcast you've ever heard today. Two Locks and a Cox. From Devon's Radio X. Wow. You actually ran out of breath at the end of that, which is great. He did, but that was his second go at it. it no, was. I haven't actually breathed in. I'm still talking. Are you? Still talking. Oh, Honestly, God, that's like, It's a game yeah. I play with the kids. It's like, who can hum for the longest? And you go, mm, Until and then, one of your children passes and then, out, and then is it? Goes, mm, that's mm, the idea. <laughs> of, you just took a breath. No, I haven't, Dad. Yes, you have. That's the idea of the game. Yeah, anyway. What, kids pass, pass out? out, and then you get peace. Yeah, wow. I was, I it's to, more acceptable than brandy. I needed to pull back. <laughs> Sorry, in the introduction for you, Ian, I, I, I said the, the salt burn aficionado. That's because you've just seen it. I just watched it yesterday and it deeply disturbed me. <laughs> you know, bath times will never be the same. I know. Have you seen it, Coxie? No, I've oh. no idea. Don't watch what it. Is. Watch Don't watch it. I'll save you an, an hour no, and a honestly, half. Honestly, Saltburn is mega. It's a great film. As in, it's good, or are you moaning, Ian, that it's not very good? It's just not very good. Oh. I thought it was very good, and I thought the end, the whole thing is like, wow, yeah, cool. Has anybody watched The well, Society yeah, of the Snow? I saw that coming all the way through. No, I have not seen The Society of the Snow. I saw the original alive. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, they got, apparently they got a, a lot of criticism for things Eating that each were. Other. Well, yeah, basically. <laughs> I only like human liver with a nice Chianti. But I, I like just this for, eats for context. Real. This is the the Chilean, the Uruguayan rugby Uruguayan, team that yeah. crash in the Andes and they survive for like eighty days. Seventy two. Seventy two, and they have to, they they resort to cannibalism. It's rugby related, Brad. So yeah, it is rugby. Yeah, don't don't you roll it your eyes, Bradley. And they showed true rugby virtues of rather than die, we'll eat each other. I mean, you went there, but. The principle uh, that, of it, they uh, managed to survive 72 days with nothing. But the leg of their friend. <laughs> it's no different there, is it? It's just like being in the change rooms, it's, a, it's a, just a snake pit. Oh, yeah, snake oh, but by all get bitten. Exactly. Mm. Okay, well, Don't. moving on, before this goes somewhere else. There is so much to talk about. There's a lot to talk isn't about, it? isn't there? Yeah. It's been really just what an exciting weekend of rugby. Well, and also, then... also, the international teams were announced across the, the board. I mean, yesterday was such a day of curveballs. We were not, we're not meant to have a temporal bias, but uh, Lewis Rees Summit just announced that he's off to the NFL, and then Alec Hepburn suddenly becoming Scottish. I heard that Rees Summit. And Bosu becoming English. Yeah, I heard that he um, he made a decision two hours before. Yeah, the, the the story that's breaking is that he got the call on Sunday. Hey, man, we'd like you to come and try out for the NFL in the International Player Pathway Program. And then he had two days to think about it, and Warren Gatland had an hour notice before we announced his Welsh team. So Chad was the most American name we could come up with? Chad Michael Michelson, yeah. Oh, oh right. that's where you got it from. Okay. Yeah. I was like, what well, is he Chad, talking Chad's about? Chad's like a Royal Marine bootneck yeah, expression yeah, for yeah. Chad Valley Toys. If yeah, something's Chad, sense. it's rubbish. So that's what I was thinking. Oh, no, I was oh, thinking, wow. no, Chad for me is a very American name. Oh, I, okay. I don't know anyone else called Chad. Buck. 
Buck's the most American Buck could, yeah, Uncle, Buck. Right. Uncle Buck. But anyway, I mean, it is it is quite a, a bonkers one. And poor old Warren Gatland, he had two world class wingers three weeks ago that could have been in his team, and now one's off in the NFL and one's playing for England. <laughs> you reap what you sow, unfortunately, in the Welsh RFU or the <laughs> hey, WRU. But genuinely, is in a sad state oh, of affairs. No, just, it's just uh, I don't. It's just Welsh rugby. They all just want to stab each other. It's like guys. You need to pull together. You need. They need Karima San from Exeter City Council, who was a great unifier of people, and he just was. get together and, yeah. and just like stop fighting. Everyone just fights. It must be really difficult. Not like us. We never fight. No, well, I mean, Brad did. Or, or Brad, each Brad other. did blush when Faye. When Faye see, I'm, how about That's that for Freudian slip? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> my wife now comes. My wife. I'm looking. Cox's my wife. We probably went at each other hammering tongues. Brad was like, "What's going on?" Oh, you love that. I love how your wife, Chris, phones Ian mm-hmm. in this, whilst you're both yeah, in needs, the same room. She needs to talk to a real man sometimes. <laughs> Get some sense. <laughs> Get some sense out when of she, someone. She needs like man skills. Yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. Like, yeah. yeah it's definitely not you. What, I know. Mate, I had a, I had a bloke round yesterday looking at solar panels from my house, and he's like, "Oh, what about this, that, and the other?" I'm like, mate, I get a man talk to, to do Faye. that. No, I talk to, to Faye. Do that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I bought Faye a drill as a, as a birthday present about twelve years ago, and at the time, it was the worst present she'd ever had in her entire life because she's a, quite a girly girl, and now it's amazing. No, she's, she's not. Shelves. She's done all sorts what, of stuff. What did you say, Brad? I said, did you buy him a wine glass? Oh uh, yeah, a wine. He's not. Don't drink wine. No, he doesn't got, drink wine. No, he got bath bombs. <laughs> For the southern Faye. listeners, that's bath bombs. Bath. Bath bombs. Mm. Right, anyway, lots of rugby. Yeah. So, um, last week we start with the men. This week we start with the girls. Everyone happy with that? Oh, sorry, the boys, the girls. I should. I don't want to have like an age thing or anyone kicking off. It's 2024, we've got a level. Well, on the RFU site, I clicked on today to look at the England thing. It very starts with, what rugby do you want to play, male or female? Which oh, well, is like, I mean, that's trans-exclusionary radical feminist, if ever I saw I, it. I know, the RFU themselves. Very first uh, landing page. Like, <laughs> wow. Oh my God! So let's Somebody the... get me a gun. Let's talk about the women's game. Somebody get me a gun. What are you two driveling on about? We've no idea, but because we're dinosaurs, we try and be less. So the, women, the women's game against Saracens. <laughs> were it not for a really awkward bounce, well, the, 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 the gifting Saracens a twelve-point start, and then a really awkward bounce of the ball um, when there was a bit of kick tennis that Saris walked one in, and then when Chiefs were chasing it at the end, um, Saris got the intercept. It was. a it's a good game. What's the unluckiest number that anybody knows? Go on. 13. How oh, many really? points did they lose by? 13. 13. And you'll hear in the stats that it's not the first time they've lost by 13 points. So, real, real tough game. Under two converted tries. And, Chris, you, you watched the highlights, didn't you? Because we had it on there and you said it was uh, uh, the bounce of the ball. I, and... actually, I actually watched quite a lot of it on the screens at Sandy Park, but I was so astronomically drunk, I didn't remember. Clee was carving up. Yeah, but Tessier gave her a little offload and she went clean through. Tessier's got some nice touches. Um, I, I quite like her at 10. And I just hope she doesn't get... Because she threw the intercept at the end. But watching it, she's, she's working well. And I like the fact they put Gabby Cantona in at first receiver and then she plays out the back, which gives her time. And she threw a few really nice scoring passes because Cantona can play out the line and is quite a physical threat, which means 12-13 have to jam in, which buys time for these balls over the top. Did you see some of them sneaky spiral bombs as well? She mm. went full George Ford, yeah. chuck it up in the air, and then Saracens, a couple of times that the ball bounce, yeah. which is death for anyone. Yeah. Um, Never yeah. let the ball bounce. Oh, yeah. Because when it does, you get really weird things, and we saw it in, the, you know, we see it in every game, don't we, where if the ball just bounced slightly different, that person catches it. Oh, no, but it was, it, was a fr- it was a freakish bounce. Bounce for the Saris, honestly, 
kick tennis, kick, kick, kick. Then Sarri's put a speculator up and it it bounces backwards about 20 yards it's on so itself. It's so weird. Is it, so is it the weird. artificial pitch? No. Oh, so, yes, it is. Yes, no, I don't oh, think it is. Oh, were they not at the Stonex? No, yeah, no, they no. They were so, at the Stonex. I, yeah, they were at the Stonex, yeah. but I don't think it's the artificial pitch. Oh, I right. think it's the way that it's the contrast between male and female kicking. Right. Because I, 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 I've seen it several times. I've never seen it in the men's game or very, very rarely, but I've seen it more in the women's game. And I wonder if it's the contrast between the two and the way in which the balls are kicked. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, because they did it again mm. um, in the Harlequins game and the Harlequins and the, the exact same bounce happened, which is, a, which is a real grass pitch. So normally balls skid and they go for miles skidding on the artificial turf. Yeah. But it was the most random bounce, wasn't it? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and and that was a real sickener of a moment because yeah. there wasn't much happening, and then suddenly it was like, oh god. Yeah, it was gutting, wasn't it? And you're like, yeah. oh god, okay. And that's now dropping down to third in the league. The only two teams ahead of them are Gloucester and Sarri. So Both the two, unbeaten. Two games that uh, yeah that they've they've lost. That's going to be a proper uh, ding dong between those two. Narrowly as well, you know, they, and that's great though. It's great that the women's team is right there it's at the top and it's able to stay there and hold it and start bringing in more of this uh, more of the local talent and stuff oh, well, like is Katie Buchanan a local girl because she was quite lively she had a cracking break for a try yeah there was some really good breaks wasn't there yeah, yeah. no I know it was unbelievable um yeah, I think that top of the table. And, and Maddie Fianati, she was carrying well as well. She, yeah. Her as a foil next to Ray Ray J, that's two real bulldozers. All carriers, are, and yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to pull defenders, hard. isn't it? Because that's what the women, what they, they, they do is, I mean, they are kicking a little bit more, but still they're very good at uh, just passing the ball and then finding a bit of space out wide. Cause that's called rugby in. They haven't got all, yeah, but no, it's different. But we're sending like Vermeulen or or Ethan Roots or those lumps through, and although mm. the women have got those in Rach Johnson and the other players, they are starting to sort of you know really use those attack runners to drag in a couple of defenders. Oh well, yeah. So hang on, right? So this is this is a bugbear for me that I want to kick up about. Yeah. Um, we're talking about women's rugby, copying men's rugby. The women's lions, I think, is a bad shout. Wow, what that right, is a yeah. spiral bomb. No, that's a George that's Ford spiral bomb. No, no, no. Do you want to no. hear me out on this? Do you yeah, want to hear me out on, on this? Go on, right. hear you so out. So women's rugby is new. It's got its own right to, to, to come up with its own landscape at the moment. The England women's team are by far and away the best of the, of the home nations. So unless something drastic happens, you might get one or two from the other nations into a Lions team. It's going to be England with two or three others. They should have come up with a completely different thing that says, actually, we're women's rugby. We can do our own thing. We, we can come up with something completely different. We don't have to do something that the men have done. We don't have to take an archaic practice of the Lions, which is lovely, which is battling like sin to try and exist in the, in the professional era. They come up with something of their own. They, they could have come up with the the, the cheetahs and, and taken the French with them and gone on a tour or something like that and just done something completely different, which I think would have would have enthused and engaged people more than just copying the same old, same no, old. They've taken something that's iconic. They've taken yeah. something that bonds countries, bonds nations, that bonds everything together, and they've taken that brand so people have an expectation that, that they that's know. That's really romantic, but when the Lions go on tour in two years' time and there's a load of England players and probably maybe two, for, two, two from Wales, maybe one from Ireland, maybe one from Scotland, I'm going, well, are people really going to buy into that? Yeah, because it's a start, because everyone knows things have to start somewhere. And yes, there will be a little bit where... But why not start with something that's going to win straight away? Well, no, but you've, like Ian says, you've got to start somewhere. Like, and mm-hmm. yeah, you, you use men's... Start with r- a new concept. 
Yeah, but you're starting with a blueprint of something that works very, very well and something that bonds, like Ian says, like bonds nations together. Like, why How many in not? a lion squads? 30-odd people, is it? Yeah, so there's sort of, but there's, there's a good there's spread. There's two full sides. I mean, obviously, two full you sides. only have two from Scotland, but, you know. There's two full sides, though, aren't there, there? So what we're talking about here is we take they're taking 30 people. Now, there will be an allocation of certain number of England players, certain number of Scottish players, and there are some real gems in those teams that maybe aren't as successful because the whole team doesn't make up as good as, say, the Red Roses are, but they'll pick out those people and their game will raise with it playing with better players. Yeah. We see it all the time. And you get, you, you're giving Scotland, Wales... Ireland opportunities to play with one of the best teams in the world. Like you've you've got some unbelievable English players in there, and like Ian says, like mm. you bring all of that together and you bring the best of the best out of all of those teams. Like you can have a powerhouse of a of a team. Full stop. Okay. Well, it's just it's my opinion. That's We're good. Entitled to him. We've we've all got opinions. Yeah. You should put it on social media somewhere. And Dave, oh god, one, no, he keeps he keeps no, tagging I, me and crap on. No, X. I don't. No, yeah, I don't. You Coxie. do, and I, I keep getting it. No, I don't. I don't tag you on anything. The, the only thing I'm doing is is I'm, I'm setting up um, a little argument with the boys from Tribe talking, but they get quiet when 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 I when I actually say right, just tell us where we're going to meet and we're going to have a drinking contest. They suddenly <laughs> absolutely a drinking contest. Do you know what he compared? They were chopping off acting like they were the big cheese because they were challenging professional rugby players and the professional rugby players like look, I can't get involved in it drinking contest because I'm a professional rugby player it's not what we do I'm not I'm an amateur I'm retired I'm like right lads I'll take you on well from what I heard about Sunday you won't be drinking anything professionally no that's uh, right. we did we did start quite early and, and hit it quite don't hard, stick so. up for him well, don't no, stick I, up for him I was there and it, it wasn't pretty I was doing exactly word, I was doing word salad in the bar at about 7 o'clock at night and oh eventually decided God. no that's it I can't right, this is not a drinking nightmare. podcast no so uh, anyway men's game anything else on the girls game no, just I'm glad we got off it because it was Boys sad, game. and I just hope we can break that uh, that duck there. We just need to get that first win at the Stonex, and, uh, and they will. It's a tough place to travel, and it'll to. all come from there. Yeah, it, it, Saracen, you could see in Saracens' demeanour the game was on till about sixty odd minutes, and the Saracens' demeanour they were starting to get a bit nervous, and and it's yeah. one of them if you can hang with them longer into the game. Panic starts to happen, but it's just an, it was an unfortunate bounce of the ball, and yeah. then and then that intercept when they were chasing it when it was the game was right in the balance, and that, that stretched it out. But this is exactly what you want, isn't it? This well, is no, exactly it, what you want not, from the. We league. want more challenging games leading up to it because we had a couple of easier games that didn't and had to change the squad because of the um, EQP. Uh, the, the EQP stuff and all of that, and that then meant that you couldn't take uh, the, the the chosen squad that had played together. You look at look how Rob works with things; he takes a bit, uh, he takes. Um, aside and if someone drops out through injury somebody yeah. else jumps in that person has to work really hard to get back into the side even though they're the favourite because he chooses that consistency and that's the one thing with the women's squad they still can't get that consistency with EQP jumping in with weaker sides where you want to rest somebody or with all the different competitions that keep starting yeah. and stopping that gets really confusing unless you're solely following it that was I want to echo what Ian said one of the things that I picked up from what I've I've seen of the women over the last few weeks is it still feels like a new team it still fe it still feels like there's a lot of matchups that are still getting to know one another probably yeah and, and and it's still when it clicks and it may well happen this season that that they can they can have the beating of everyone in that Saracens game Susie Apple will be, uh, will be talking to the girls saying, you know, we, there's a lot of positives to take from that fixture. 100%. And I, I will be interested to see the, the ding-dong with Saracens Gloucester. I think that will be unreal. So both, they're both unbeaten. Mm. So that, I, I, that who's going to come out on top with that? I think that will be a proper good game. Gloucester. 
Do you reckon? Yeah. I know. Rugby's the winner. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> That's my answer, not yours. I'm speaking, sorry. Speaking of rugby being the winner, the Exeter Chiefs absolutely battered Glasgow. They did their usual. Oh, they God. Gave, they Everybody gave them, gets battered. They gave it? them a head start. They said, look, lads, you can have a 10-point lead. In fact, no, we'll give it you again, and then we're going to run you down, beat you, and then we're going to we're gonna have no doubt at the end of this game that we have definitely won. Standard Chiefs men, again, <laughs> never in doubt uh, that the win's going to happen. And, yeah, wow. It, wow. Was, it was a very cute tactical game. Um, I think I think it was Owen Slot on, on on Twitter X made some really good observations, like how Glasgow wanted to play around the Chiefs' rush defence. So they stacked their backline so deep. There's one occasion they win a line out on like the Chiefs' 22, and they go back to almost their 22, passing with such depth to get around the the, the, the defence, and they actually end up back on the 22 through one phase of passing, just deep passes, deep passes, You've deep passes. You've got to be a hell of a fit for that, though, haven't you? Well, this is the thing. serious mileage. But then, but then it was the, the damage was done because the Chiefs were a fitter team and were able to claw their way back. You're either going round or you're going over, isn't it, that rush defence? and that, that mm. That's your two options. I've got to say, my I mean, there were loads of moments of the game, but watching Lewis Pearson do a cross-field kick... I mean, I'm the chairman of the Lewis Pearson fan club. I got hold of him after the game. I said, mate, I genuinely, I think you're brilliant. Have you, oh, that was probably word salad too. Have you was, ever yeah. done a crossfield kick? Yes. Have you? Like, what, you in a game, in an actual game? Yeah. Never. Yeah, a, a proper game game. Yeah, I mean, we I did. Play, we were playing Mosley in the championship. Joe Hornsmith came in at scrum half. He threw the pass to me and I did a booming touch finder. That was my intention. Shut Didn't up. quite happen. I was saved by Andy Miller, who chased down and made a tackle. And in the review afterwards, Baxter said, if you ever do that again, you'll never play for this club. Good. And everyone was laughing their heads off because it was me and Joe, me and Joe, Joe Hornsmith tight head prop with like 9-10 super combo. <laughs> So I, I did one in a charity <laughs> game and then, fell and then over. A few weeks later, <laughs> I was playing I was playing the second team, surprisingly enough, against Oxford University, and I pushed Richard Bolt out of um, scrum half and did a box kick because I thought I was total rugby. Shut <laughs> up. Shut up. I can actually picture this as well. <laughs> Bolty had been like, what? He was. I'd speak to Bolty even now. He's like, mate, genuinely, I still remember that. It's like, don't you worry, Bolty, I got but this. But he stood there next to you, his hands on his hips, like, what the is only, this cowboy? The, the only the only more delusional type five forward I've ever met was Chris Budgeon, who genuinely thought that he was a, a, a ball-playing nine. <laughs> Amazing. Have you, have you seen Harlequin Sarah Bonner, though? She she is of the same mindset. Second rower, yeah. unbelievable player, yeah. but has recently started to jackal, kick balls, right. make intercepts, sidesteps. Total rugby. And you're like, are, are you a back print. or a forward? No, like, what's going on here? Look at Sam, Zach Wimbush. He's massive. He could be a second row, but he's playing the centres. This is total rugby. And this was this. I'm, I was ahead of my time. <laughs> What, you were not I, ahead of your time. I playing today? You were not ahead of your time. <laughs> where I playing today? It'd be Brad, like, look at look at the total rugby from Chris Bentley. Can we just can we just kick in, touch no, finding, just, just, just turn him down you, for just a second. So be. just turn him down for a second so Coxie I can actually have some reality here. I tell you what this would be. It wouldn't be about total rugby. It'd be what is this weapon doing yes. on this bogey pitch? He's never been ahead of anything. Nothing. If if he has, it's because he's goal scaving up the other end. Or he's catching himself coming back the other way yeah he's that oh, I tell you what what they're doing now playing around with the playing around with the laws of when there's deep kicks yes and then people hang in the middle yeah. that you would have been an absolute expert on that just to that's, stand that, that, there I'm and sure do that, nothing that's only just come in recently hasn't it because back in my day you had to get behind no, the kicker somebody, no somebody read the law book oh is that what it was yeah somebody right. read because we always used to have to you always had to re, you always had to be retreating you could stand still oh yeah or you, retreat. you could stand still yeah or retreat or retreat yeah exactly you, the same mu- you must not advance 
you must not advance. No. Mm. And that anyway, includes running so sideways. Look, with regards apparently. to referees' interpretation, we could go on about it all day. We've got a lot in this podcast. I, I think what I'd like is Sarah Cox. Did you see the, 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 oh, the final yeah. scrum? Oh, right. yeah. So the game is in the balance. Chiefs have won it. And then they've decided they're going to give Glasgow away back in because it's what they do. They're like toying with their prey. They've, they've battered them. It's like... <laughs> so there's a scrum five yards out. Chiefs put in. All Chiefs have to do is win the scrum, put it off. The scrum... I would say the scrum has collapsed. There's players climbing around everywhere. Stu Townsend gets manhandled. And then Ross Vincent, congratulations, he's just been picked for the Italian squad. Does the worst... <laughs> he is Italian, though. Does the worst... Yeah, no, I know that. I know kick, that. ...grubber kick in the history of time. And a Glaswegian gets the ball I don't the think he was trying. even going for a grubber kick, Chris. Well, I don't know what I he was going for. he had his leg trapped. <laughs> so, Coxie, talk us through the referee's decision-making. What, what, what one of them? Oh, God, everyone wants to talk about this. Of um, course they do. Um, yeah. You're going to tell us because you're the best-rated female referee in the world. She is, but there are some things that, that I don't have the answer to. Um, and I think this is one of them. As referees, you try and stay out of the limelight despite what people think. So you try to to make decisions that are sensible, that work for the game, work for the players and what they're trying to achieve. You get into this position and every referee at some point will find themselves in this position. There are so many things going on that it's then unpacking that. So everybody's looked at this and he said, right, okay. The first, the first um, thing that you're going to look at is the, the collapse of that scrum. Right, who's collapsed it? Because you can argue it's either side. So right. it's either Glasgow or Exeter. Then you're looking at the two nines playing against each other. And like yep. you say, Stu Townsend gets manhandled. He, do, he does do a bit of a Hollywood though, doesn't he? he does. His hands go in the air. <laughs> ah! I think at one point his yeah, feet were higher than his, yeah, his body. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Then, you're, then you're looking at flankers being bound and unbound. Mm-hmm. Then you're looking at the eight. What's he doing? Is he technically bound or unbound? Has he changed lanes? Has he not? And then you look at when he comes off, the Glasgow nine, is he on side when he does that? Then you're looking at the kick. Then you're looking at the flanker that was he even bound in the first place. And then you get to the the point that it's a try. If this happens in the middle of the pitch and it's no try, nobody looks at this. The fact is... Yeah, let's simplify this. This is exactly the same as Tom Foley in the World Cup final. The outcome was the correct thing that happened, that the try was not scored and it was scrubbed off. And with all of these failures at that scrum, with all of those different things, the outcome was that the ref should have probably blown a penalty before and the try would never have been scored. So the outcome of the, of the try being scrubbed off was the right outcome. How we got there, the journey we took there and what Laurie chose to go with whatever else doesn't really matter. The and- fact that everybody's looking at it and going... What's going on? Can you imagine that when that when you get a TMO check check in your ear, and you're like, oh, okay, I know what what is about to come here, and then you then have to unpiece that. So if all those things yeah. that I've just spoken about, mm-hmm. I've got so, to speak so could about. Could the TMO have just gone right? First things first. Um, Aaron Payne has taken the scrum down. Penalty Glasgow. No, or because do, do you that's have not. To look at everything else. Well, that's not in your protocol to right. tell me about scrums. Right. I've got to deal with that. Okay. There are some things as a referee you've so, got so to what deal is with. The protocol on pitch. for the TMO. It's looking at the, the the foul play side of stuff. It's looking at the the. Should the TMO have actually got involved, or did Rob Baxter play a blinder coming out the stand going berserk? Oh no, you won't know about that. No, no one have TMO, any idea. Sh- TMO should have got involved, and there's me going that because it worked for us this time. And the other game for Northampton, I thought the TMO was way I mean, too involved. But this, the other ridiculous thing about this is it, it's one moment in the game, 
and as Cox said, if it, if it was on the 33rd minute, it wouldn't have mattered. But because it's that final moment, that we decided now, we the now give it a huge amount of scrutiny. Well, no, there's other things that could have decided out if Chiefs yeah. just got a trial in the game. That yeah. could have decided. It just happens that this it, is at the 80th minute. In the dying minute, minute exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And can you imagine all of that pressure, right? And as a referee, you're stood there and you've got to unpack all of this. In a second you've, language as well. In a second language. Yeah. Very good point. Um and of which his, his English and you've got is, is very Townsend good. Being an absolute nausea. Yeah, yeah, and you've got people in your yeah. ear, and you've got the pressures of everybody asking you, "What are you going to do now?" Because Glasgow are like, "Have we got this?" Extra are like, "Have they got that? Have mm. we got a penalty?" Everybody thinks that they're right, and I've got all of thirty seconds now mm. to put this on the screen. Excuse me, <clears throat> to unpack it all so that all of you can understand what I'm unpacking to, so that I am as close to correct in law as I can be if not bang on and then also I've then got to produce an answer on that final dying seconds uh, with crowd on your back with Baxter like you say because now that's the cameras are panning and, mm -hmm. and, and what have you I don't know the outcome could, could, he have, <clears throat> could the ref have said you know what it's a collapse scrum we'll reset and go again no so there had to be a decision made. It had to be a decision made. Because the, 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 I would have thought the easiest way to have done it was just go that? scrum again. Can you imagine that? I mean, I mean, for for <laughs> the players, you get like a go again. Yeah. But no, you you can't do that. You, you reset is for then and then only. You right. can't just also, oh well, I'll just go back and reset that, and and like that just wouldn't make any sense. You've yeah. got to make a decision. You've got to have an outcome of this. Mm -hmm. But it's what that outcome is, and have, and have I've listened. In your in your referee phoning. No, we have haven't. That's this afternoon. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a shame. So I I don't I don't actually know what the general consensus is because this this does then ultimate, ultimately go to vote and you say right okay, you have your guys that have come back from the World Cup in our little group um, and then some of the guys that operate in the Premiership and some that operate in the Championship and we'll all discuss this and we'll look at it and say right what is the best for the game what is the best for everybody being able to understand what's happening as well and then we will decide an outcome that if this happens again which is quite unlikely we will get to to the right outcome you're so desperate to talk over the top of me and i haven't i put my hand in <laughs> the air he's putting his hand up and everything yeah, it's like does. he's really well behaved <laughs> I've, I've listened to feedback i've listened to listen to feedback um, stop talking over yeah. people do you think it would have been a different decision in glasgow no you no, I think you, it's just as complicated in Glasgow. No matter where you go, this is a complicated piece. And of, I think it's three podcasts that I've listened to. They've all discussed this and they've all come to the conclusion that that probably was the right outcome. Mm -hmm. But everybody sits there and goes, I don't know. So can, can you imagine this? I've got 30 seconds to unpack all of mm -hmm. this. And... I've yeah, got... but this is the beauty of rugby. Do you know what? It's perfectly imperfect. Let's crack on. But and, I, I and I'm agree. really pleased you've got I, the decision. I, no, no. So, so I agree with you. And I think sometimes there are perfectly imperfects. And sometimes you, you don't want to talk about stuff because it's so complicated that actually the outcome is probably the most sensible. The issue is, is that there's so much on this. There's so much backlash that you get from these things. There's so many answers that coaches, players, 
wider world want to know about now that you have to go into it depth and, and work out what the answer is if this were to ever happen again? Because it is likely. Uh, yeah, neutrals in Glasgow were actually really good. They said, you know, we shouldn't have let this number of point lead go. Like, much like we were with the Northampton game. That yeah. We had a massive lead. That last decision that didn't go our way, well, we had such a big lead we shouldn't have let it go. And Glasgow were very similar. They had a big lead that they were there. They were 10 points ahead, I think, twice in the game and uh, they let that slip that made that all so important. And that's why I say there's so many laws, there's so many busy things going on there. The outcome was right that the try was scrubbed okay. off. Okay, right. We're, we're, now, we're now down the rabbit hole. So let's go off the field. <laughs> oh, God. And we can have a discussion about Alec McHepburn, who, when he was playing for England and singing the national anthem, was definitely thinking, I can't wait to play for Scotland. <laughs> It's the three-year call-off rule. If you were called up for your second country, you'd do it, wouldn't you? His well, dad's Scottish. I think the challenge for the Scots is they've only got two teams, and within their setups, there's quite a lot of uh, South African props because there's a lad from Leicester Tigers as well who you've never heard of who's been picked up by Scotland as well. Yeah, okay. They've so, got a few uncapped in there, but not not too many. But, but, I th yeah. but I think if you've only got two elite-tier teams to pick props for your national team if you've got like WP Nell and Pierre Scoobman who are South African well they've actually qualified but they're going to be old you probably want some some more blood coming but through. Hepburn's a great scrummaging ball carrying prop he's busy he's come back to fitness at just the right time he's, for he's, the, he's an international standard prop well. he's a really wow. nice really guy nice. I want to get him on this podcast oh, oh, well, you, you, oh, oh you go mate, then genuinely you, go. you just ask just Hepburn tell me about life just yeah he's, um, he's got a Cracking views of the world. Really? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Him and Harry Williams could have been a they, they should have had a podcast. 100 percent I'd have listened every week. Well you're you're a bit weird though. And they are too. So there you go. So <laughs> Alec McHepburn, yeah, done that. But uh, the England squad, which has just been announced. Well before we get to the England squad, I want to have a quick message from Exeter Chiefs. Two locks and a cox. Radio X with Exeter Chiefs. Don't miss the friendly against the Scarlets on Saturday the 10th of February. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk. Back to the, uh, the the Scotland squad. Johnny Gray's not in there, as was admitted. He's obviously, we know he's going somewhere from Chiefs. He's going to Bordeaux, isn't he? Uh, Rob's very strong in the past years oh. not selecting somebody unless he has to. Well, I think when guys are leaving, if he's got... If you've got the captain of Wales and you've got Lewis Pearson, you're going to pick them. Lewis Consistency Pearson obviously gets picked. Well, yeah, every time, yeah. Yeah, but, fair. But, Have you uh, talking of Bordeaux? Oh did you God, see did you them see on the Bo weekend? Bordeaux oh. and um, La Rochelle just flexed. Saracens were full gun and got absolutely pumped on all fronts, yeah. uh, and and that was so difficult for me to watch. It was like, oh, I'm really sad watching Saracens get battered. <laughs> And then, uh, <laughs> why? Oh, come had the smallest on. violin in the world. Salty. And then, um, let it go. And then, uh, La Rochelle over Leicester had their as good as they can be. And La Rochelle just went, nah. Did you see Well Skelton's try? Yes. Oh, <laughs> the bus is full. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he's gone right round. Is it Shilcock at 10? Just did the. Bomf! <laughs> it was like Garbajosa with a. Uh, have you ever seen back in the day? When Joe Nalomu was the man and the, uh, New Zealand played against um, France and it's this brilliant... And, and Lomu literally runs through the French pack just like uh, Ben Aziz and, and, and ben, um, Caban. He's just smashing them and throwing them everywhere. And Garbage is at fullback and he actually steps to the side and throws his hands in the air like, you expect me to tackle him? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that was sort of like what happened with... Yeah. But Skelton is he's a genuine six foot eight. The he Haskell genuine... does that. I love your mum and just dives in. Oh, yeah. Chuck yourself in the spokes. Yeah, but he, I think he did try and throw himself in the spokes, but Skelton, one on one, flat out. Yeah. Poof. 
Yeah, Just those, the power of those two teams. Yeah, and the French teams at the moment. So I was running in touch at the Toulouse-Ulster game, or the Ulster-Toulouse game. Mm-hmm. And again, French with Dupont, he's... Yeah, like he's, Mate, he's top fire. of the stats on everything, yeah. isn't he? He's smaller as well. Mm. Like he's, I think can, he's trimmed up for it, the sevens. Well, he's sevens yeah. Yeah, so he said he's completely training, which is why he's dropped yep. out of the French squad. That's it. So yeah. there is no Dupont, and you can see his his shoulders and uh, and chest. He's just really is ran from anywhere. Smaller. Yeah. And and but they've, got, they've got that total rugby system. Yeah. The, 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 the Toulonnais. Yeah, I think that the, the French teams at the moment are flexing and I think it's very, very impressive. And I think it, it, it sends a message the, to the, the rest of the many, world. How many of them are unbeaten? Only two. Yeah, but yeah. Regard, how many English teams are unbeaten? Three. Yeah, but reg- English, Bath and Northampton. I'll be honest with you, I'll be honest with you, Ian. Chiefs. If we draw La Rochelle at Sandy Park, I will be very nervous. Even if Sandy Park is absolutely rocking, it, if La Rochelle come with their full gun team, I'm thinking... I think you could, you could get a It'll be never that, in doubt. Never in doubt. I mean, it will never be in doubt. She's no. better them, but, but was, the, the 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 whole European system because it, you can only you know you only need to win possibly one game to qualify. The, the, these early pools have been silly, and they're going to c- produce an uh, an anomalous round of sixteen where some right, teams yeah. have gone. We only need to win one game to get yeah. through this, and then we'll batter anyone anywhere. Yeah, okay. And, and that's the thing. Whereas it's a shame, really, isn't it? Well, it would be a shame if if some teams have fought really hard to win their pool, mm. and then they come up against La Rochelle. What combats that? What combat? What stops that from happening? Do, do you just reduce would, the number? I, I think you, well, when I was younger, when Europe used to be pools of four, didn't it? Every mm. game mattered, and yeah. it used to be like. And then what's happened is some of the French clubs have just gone. Oh, I'm not really that fussed about that. We ain't going to win it, so we're not going to try hard. There was one, the one of the teams that it it cost them more to get to one of the destinations than it would have if they um, got through to the the final rounds. Mm-hmm. So you obviously get remuneration for for getting into the mm-hmm. final rounds. And it cost them. We, we've, got, we've gone off on a on a on a, we have, a tangent. Bit, yeah. Let's go back to the tangent. England squad. England squad. So in the forwards, we've uh, got the uncapped Ethan Roots, who yep. Kiwi born, uh, was Rob picked him up from Wales. Yep. Uh, he's got a fantastic um, backstory of uh, jiu-jitsu and cage fighting and being a bit of a naughty boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been tearing up trees. Ethan Roots, bit of a hurry uh, mm-hmm. uh, for the Chiefs, and it's been noticed by Borthwick. Mm. I, I'm. Yeah, I think he's. For me, I, he reminds me of from my generation. We had Tony Walker, who was never man of the match, but was always in the top three every week. And Roots is one of them. He's just always consistent. Yeah. He's always doing. He's always doing hard yards. He's doing graft. It will be interesting to see if he's if he's he's the sort of guy that I don't think is in an international squad to be developed or grown. I think he's in an international squad because Borthwick sees him as a man that can play Test match rugby, and he's got much better banter than Tony Walker. Has he? Well, I wouldn't be tough with. Yeah, it's true. But like, but like. Um, Oh, what's his name? Chandler Cunningham South, who's come from Harlequins. I get the feeling he's in the squad because they want him in the environment. Mm. So he starts to develop and grow because yeah. he's twenty year old. Yeah, Whereas yeah. Ethan Root's like, right, you're now ready to go. We want you in it. So I think he's got an outside bet of, of making Just the as we don't do squad. weird name drops. Tony Walker, ex Chiefs player, now the Chiefs team manager. He fills up water bottles and irons names on shirts. So he's very good at watering plants as well. Yes, he is. Yeah, Tony Tipper on a night out. And then the backs. What have we got in the backs? We've got uh, I'm really Henry Slade's character arc. He now needs to come in. And uh, Jamie George needs to get injured, and they make Henry Slade captain of England. And King Henry Slade leads England to a triumphant Grand Slam, and his character arc is complete. 
redemption. Uh, and you've what, got this wonderful thing that you've planned in your head, haven't you? But do you know what? Yeah. It is so good because he chose to stay in England uh, when his mates were all disappearing off to France for big cash. He didn't get selected for the World Cup. He could have dropped. He could have done anything. And do you know what? Instead, he's shown everyone with his rugby. He's proven why he's there, why he should be there, and why he should be back there. And he is... And he's, he's hit a clutch kick in like oh. four of the last five games. Ladies hit, hit the kick that wins the game. Yeah. yeah. Never so, in doubt one. So, so so he's having one hell of a year. He needs yeah. to get an endorsement from um, Breitling and Rolls Royce. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and he needs to captain England to a Grand Slam, and then everything will be right in the world. I've got the open top inflation bus drop. already. Yeah, it's all there. With just, S1, for, just for Henry Slade, S one AD is the registration <laughs> on it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> We're going to go for it. God. And oh, then uh, the I, one we've got to talk about: uncapped player been chucked in there. Um, Emmanuel Feuerbosu. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I've said it, and I, I think he uh, personally, I'm concerned it would be like a Matthew Tate. I think he needs, he need well, unless he's going in like Cunningham South, that they're going to put him in the environment, see how he goes, because he is a phenom. But he needs, for me, he needs more rugby. You don't, what you don't want to see is these guys that come in and they get exposed at a test match. That, that's always the worry. And I think he, another year will be brilliant for him to develop. Yeah. Former chief Dickie's back in. Yeah. After his injury. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dickie. No, I won't share it. I'll tell you off air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, Daft's captain in Wales, which is... I mean, we, I mentioned this the other week, and, and, and there's whispers that there's some teams in France are after um, big... Russi. Russi. You yeah. hope he stays, because I think yeah. Russi, Daft and Lewis is a fantastic second-row trio for Chiefs, because you can't play every game nowadays, but... I think that that's the making of a real special pack of forwards. And, and the big challenge for Exeter Chiefs now is going to be managing the expectation and ego of a lot of young lads that are starting to get recognised outside of Devon. Which is exactly what certain things were mentioned about the squad from a couple of years ago, that there were a few egos starting to develop, having done the double, knowing their value, well, knowing it's, their it's, worth. It's, and... Is it rocky? It's, it's difficult to motivate yourself if you wake up in silk sheets. It's a box, one of the boxers has said it, I can't think of. And you know, if it's all there for you and you're flying... Is difficult, and also they're gonna have their agents in their ear going, "Oh, you're an international. You need so much more money now." Yeah, um, yeah. And and this is where this is where there is headroom in the salary cap, which is handy. But then, hopefully, they'll be saying, "Right, lads, let's let's." Which get is this. why is this the difference now that we're seeing on salary caps of the Premiership and the the French league? Because it seems that the French are coming in and, and hoovering up a fair few players at the moment. Yeah, is this the difference between having? A lot look, of budget. look at the guy. Look at the guys that are going to France, and invariably, it's not your gun international player. Yeah. It's the lad that's at the end of his career, or he's on the edge of the squad. So you see yeah. lots of guys that. So if, you, if you're if you're if you're guaranteed to play Maro Atoji, he's guaranteed to play for England. Yeah. So he's going to get his England money, which is probably a quarter of a million quid a year. Well, I'll mm-hmm. stay in England because I'd rather be here. It's comfortable for me. Yeah. And then when he gets to the end of his career, yeah, I might go and have a few years and and and, uh, and have the enjoyment. It's it's your Lewis Ludlam, it's your Kyle Sinclair, it's your Dave Ribbons, it's the guys on the edge of the England squad that are like, I might make the England team, I might not. If I go to France, I'm guaranteeing my England money. Yeah. yeah. So it's they they get the nod before. I don't know whether you've made the squad, and then they announce uh, I'm retiring from international rugby. <laughs> And that then gives them their passport to just be able to disappear off to France or Japan. I mean, Japan's got to be the the ultimate easy one where you can disappear off and earn some cash and nobody actually watches the game. Mm. I find it really random. It is random, but it's it's insular and they've I've, got I've a great I nearly, I nearly went it. to NTT back in the day, didn't I? 
No. No, do you not? Ah, when, I, when I played England under 21s and uh, Nippon Tele- Telecommunications, NTT, got in touch and asked me if I wanted to go and play for them. And they were talking about £220,000 a year. And I absolutely bottled it and went, no. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Um, we never... don't have a long enough podcast for that. <laughs> no, so... Yeah. <laughs> Money, <laughs> money's never been. Money's nice and it's lovely, but it's never been the big motivator. It's, it's a byproduct of where I'm at in the world. But but it was like you can go to Japan. And back, that, back then, it was you're going to have to learn Japanese, you're going to have to eat Japanese cuisine. There's going to yeah, be. But you're clever enough to do that. I know, but I didn't want to do it. I was like, no. Episode twenty three point one. What's wrong with Chris? I reckon we had. <laughs> I reckon we had. It's about six months of negotiation through email. Wow. Two hundred and twenty grand a year, yeah, well, that, and you that, didn't want just to sample that. That was once. what they tabled. That was what they tabled. Said so this is this will be the package. That's worth getting out of bed for, isn't it? I, even in your even in your silk sheets. <laughs> yeah, but but the thing was, like a year later, I went to New Zealand, got picked yeah. for Wellington under twenty ones. Um, you weren't on two hundred and twenty grand down no, there. No, I wasn't. I absolutely wasn't. But I got homesick and came home. So I'm home bird, you know. Well, we know that, but yeah. for 220 grand, I think everybody's got a price. Yeah, well, yeah. everyone's got to pay because the million dollar man always gets his way. So, you're talking about these contracts. I guarantee that uh, Marutoji's going to have a fantastic contract. Hmm. Now he's negotiating it with his mate Jamie oh, and Joe yeah. Marler. Well, and- I don't want to talk about that. that, that I need to see more about that, that whole thing that they've gone away from the RPA and they've got their own little thing. What we do need to talk about is um, Lewis, uh, Chad Rezamit off to the NFL. Yeah, well, again, 170 grand you start on there, I you think, isn't you it? You start on 50, but then if you make it into a training squad, 170. Okay. So Would he the... not be on something like that in the Premiership? Oh, he'll, be on, he'll be on mega money, but he's 22. Yeah. And the potential, if he makes it into an NFL squad, it's tens of millions a year. Yeah, okay. So He'll have like... his own toy and things and, and, like that. And the other thing is as well, because he's so he already has such a level of celebrity, you know that his agent will be putting in endorsements and documentaries yeah, and okay. you know, trying it out in America. Lose his damn he's brilliant. Look at this clean athlete that uh, is sponsored by Nike. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. The, the, so he, so the, the 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 remuneration that he'll get for that plus the the add-ons of Nike will sponsor him, a company will give him a car, blah blah blah, because everyone will want to see how he goes, and a lot of detractors <laughs> will be eyes on to watch him. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I tried to race him once in my head. Oh, <laughs> in your head? Down the wing. Oh, so, oh, so there's a like, game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever have, like, so when the ball's on the other side of the pitch, yeah. do you ever have, like, a bit of crack with wingers, like, guys, yeah. if it yeah, comes yeah. out here, I'm going to take you down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so one of them, I was stood there and I was like, he'd just come on. And, um, yeah, I was like, I wonder if, I, like, how fast he actually is. Mm. And I put my foot down to get there. And I'm like near on full tilt, like mm. full revs. And I turned and looked at him, and he's only jogging. I was like, never mind. <laughs> That's how fast he is. <laughs> you, but you've got to think of you, you must award the try inside the. You've got to be inside the 22 awarding the try. When no, 100%. Oh, no. Yeah. 100%. When he takes off, you're like, oh, yeah. dear God. If, if they make a clean break and a clean set of heels, you've <clears> got to be inside the 22 to award yeah. the try. Otherwise, you get an absolute ribbing. Yeah. You do, you do try and have a chat with them. Because yeah. also, they're, they're your link as well. So, do you, Are you a first name basis or do you call them their number? Um, depends. Depends. They'll, they'll call me by my first name. Mm-hmm. Um, but it depends. Well, I remember you always used to call me sir. Well, when people ask me, they say, "What, what, what should we call you?" Yeah. And I said, "Sir," mm. and it just knocks everybody's socks off. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Well, well, well, well I, you're not sir." I was like, mm. "But Does I am go, in the game hey, of rugby." Sir. Do they call you yeah. sir? Sir, and then sometimes I get coxy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Ooh, ooh." Right. Um, but yeah, no, you do. I have, I have good chats with a couple of them. 
And yeah. then, you know, when you're wandering around as dead time and it's all happening over the other side, yeah. you sort of just... Who was, I can't his name. Who was the Geordie ref? The Geordie ref? Was it Pearson? Yeah, I think so. That's Geordie... a bit before my time. Yeah, I, I remember there was one game I was remonstrating about my hand. He said, don't you put your hand on me. I was like, mate, whoa, 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 whoa. calm down. No, no, I'm not like that. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I did ask Caleb Murphy one time if he, uh, if he wanted to race. Right. And he just he giggled at me, and that was the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's a bit of an icebreaker as well, so yeah. you, you get an opportunity just to to the sort breaking of, play. From, yeah, from, from yeah. Rose gone down, and he's just That's having it. a yeah. kick and, cat, and, and you're then like you're all freezing on the far sides, yeah. and you just you didn't. And sometimes they'll just come over and chat to you, yeah. and say, general chat. Crossfield kicks on here, mate. <laughs> you know a lot. Have a whistle. Have a go at this. Oh god, yeah. And then yeah, and then Reece Samet tried to score in the corner once, and he got he got up and he was walking past me. He said, "Oh, I thought I had that." Let's <laughs> me trying to pull myself off the floor, having crouched down to try and work out whether he was in or out. Like They're incredible. Those 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 scores, aren't they? They did it. Um, the, the Harlequins, um, uh, Green, Tyrone Green. Tyrone I mean, Green. He had no right to score that, he uh, did and not. they're just oh, I love those. We've um, we've got an awful lot still to get through. We've got Statman, Jamie George, and I'm keen to talk about in the bin. We haven't oh, talked man. about local rugby as well yet. Oh, we've got to talk God, local yeah. rugby. We've got to bring it all in. Hang on. I've just pulled this back from in the bin. Uh, my favourite league, National One. Plymouth Albion got another uh, big result against Bishop Stortford. But Chinner also won and Rams also won. So it's a three-horse race at the top of that one. Rams have got underfloor heating in their referee changing room. Shut the front gate. I shut the front they gate. Are, they are a model of how club rugby should be. Huge yes. minis and juniors, really well run. The massive amount of local talent playing for their club. Uh, they don't compete on price, which is a massive thing for me. It's just about facility, level of coaching, good stash, well yeah. looked after. I went there And they're once. doing well. And, I, I, and, and, and the fact that... They, they, sorry, Coxie, carry on. No, no, no. I, I went there on my referee journey mm-hmm. and... Um, we had not not a nightmare at scrums. It was the Rams were so strong mm. that I got to a point where I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to bin a front rower from the opposition. I can't remember who it was now. And I said to the captain, I stuck my my hand in the pocket, and the mm. Rams captain came over to me and he held onto my hand and said, Don't do that. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> Are you sure? He's like, Don't do that. We're okay. Yeah. We'll just leave it where it is. I was yeah. like. Right you are. <laughs> right you are. Fair play. The local local rugby. Uh, so Devonport got beat, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the tier below, which is the credit and Sidmouth Clumpton. So uh, Sidmouth just did Topsham. 31-27. 31-27. Seems like a really, really close game. Ooh. Credit and Clumpton just battering side. So, really good top of that my, league. My mate Harry Jones was on the bench for um, Topsham. You cool. He's coming back. Chiefs, oh, Harry. Chiefs Acad- yeah, yeah, big yeah, H. Chiefs Academy. Yeah. Uh, sort of fell out of it because he, he was a bit too big for his boots, but he's, he's yeah. found his way back and he started in the third team in the centres. He's the second row. Played in the, and he's, 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 he's made it, he's, he's training, he's trying. He's just on. a bit nice, isn't he? But uh, it's great. So, Simmons, uh, top of the top of the league, lost one. And then Credit and Weybridge, Topsham, Clumpton. So, so it's uh, it's all there at the top of that league, which is great to see. And then the league, which you say is the, the one above, uh, Devonport lost their game, and so Chew Valley are top. I know Chew Valley. Where have they come from? Chew Valley. <laughs> do you know, do you know but, where it but, is? No, there are traditional teams that you sort of see around that level that are doing well. I've never heard of Chew Valley. So, so they're, this they're, is, they're, they're, they're below, probably the highest level they've ever been at. They're below Bristol in this right. sort of small village, and called there's. Chew. They're called Chew Valley, and there's a. Do you know, what, do you know what the most popular food in Chew uh, Valley is? I guess I'm going to find out. <laughs> Chew it's. <laughs> so that was Chris's. I know. No, of course he heard of has. Chew Yes, I've heard of Chew Yeah, that's what, that's what they, make, terrible... they make Chew Valley Chew 
All right, I'm on my own. I'll get me coat. Yeah, oh, I, tell you, I tell you a game I would have loved to have gone to watch, which was Oakhampton versus Lanson, Launceston, yeah. which ended 30 points to Oakhampton, 29 points to Launceston. That would have been because oh, they're man. very close to each other. And, yeah. uh, Dan Goldsmith playing at Launceston. He's a good lad. He's, 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 he's like me. He's got no posterior cruciate in one of his knees. One end of the on. pitch at Launceston is in Devon. The other end of the pitch is in Cornwall, isn't is it? True story. Right, yeah, yeah, it's, it's Polson Bridge. It's right there sort of uh, I've some, on I've the border. i played a few games at Polson Bridge. Yeah. Then it's, it's like it's, it's the equivalent of Otley in the north. In the, in the north, they don't cut the grass. It's always long grass, and, it, and you're proper battling. Yeah, Exmouth lost at Barnstable last minute penalty try, so ended 21-17. So loads of really good cracking local rugby. Nice that the weather's held out, the pitches have held out. Yeah, I'm flapping. Uh, and... I've, I've got to go to. Um... I've got to take my daughter to training tonight. It's going to be like minus three. And I'm, I, keep, I keep waiting for the text to come in and go, training's cancelled, frozen pitch. And it hasn't arrived yet. I'm oh, like, it will. I'm, I'm layers on layers on layers tonight. So you love Nat One. You talk about it with uh, mm. Plymouth and our local Tonton Titans. Uh, like, they the... lost by a point at Richmond. Got a losing yeah. bonus. They're battling so hard. I hope Yappy does enough. I hope he does a great escape. Yeah, whereas uh, Albion 39-23 over Bishop Stortford, who were traditionally like one of the really, really strong sides in that uh, in that league. I was never in doubt, saw the highlights on that one. Uh, Albion muscling up and also scoring some... some um, Jack Alton scored from his own 22. Chinna topping it out. Yeah. Can Albion do it? So uh, they've got 52 points. It's still in everyone's hand. It's one team goes up, but obviously Rams have got to play Chinna and both of them have got to visit the Brickfields. So Albion have still got an, an outside chance. Um, but there's a real togetherness about that team. I like what Ron Lamb and Aaron Jarvis have done. It's very good. Anyway, let's move on. In the bin! My hangover. It was it was past players' day, and it was quite sad. I got a WhatsApp group with 115 lads that have played for the club since 2004, and there were like eight of us made it. Um, oh wow! For, and they've all had like four months' notice. But on the flip, there's a lot of lads are still involved in the game. You know, Skaysbrook's yeah. still playing, Hanksy's still coaching, Yappy's coaching, Donkey's coaching. Hanksy's still playing. He's coaching at Dulwich, Dulwich College. I, jo- oh, right. I joined you after breakfast yeah. that you'd had, so I think in it was about 40 minutes you'd been in there, and you were already about three or four points down. So. It was um, it was, it was Rich Liddington. The American Eagle. He was um, he was big on all the old drinking games. Like, mate, we're old men. We're not doing that. But it was great. Tony Rowe went and stood at the front, and he's formally acknowledging the past players. So we're going to try and do more than just a past players game. There's going to be a golf day. There's going to be a long lunch. Um, and then Rowie announced that there's a benevolent fund for the past players that it, if anyone finds himself in a rough time, he'll, he'll be there for them. And as he was walking <laughs> off, he said, would you, would you be there for Lydia at the airport at 9 o'clock tomorrow when he's absolutely hanging? Is he, is he Northern Ireland, though? Um, Dublin. Yeah, Dublin. Oh, Dublin. Easy. Right. Okay. Southern Ireland. Yeah. Very big city. Yeah. yeah. I can't was, remember um, where he'd resided now. No, it was it was it was an enjoyable afternoon. Got a bit too drunk. Um, Standard. And, and I yeah. It was, well, oh. Faye came to pick him up, and it took him an it took her an hour to negotiate him out of the uh, out of Sandy Park. I've been there before, right? I've mm. been there before with him and trying to negotiate him out mm. of the door, and then you eventually get him out because I I bribed him with a kebab and we got into the kebab house and he ordered a kebab a full pizza um a yazoo and then didn't share it i didn't eat it oh, the well, bugger fell asleep oh, no it's good for breakfast isn't it oh, kebabs. No, so i'm you, one of the few people that loves kebabs so i've got, right, I've no, got it's a picture not about of loving kebabs right i'm finishing this <laughs> he falls asleep and i think how am i going to get this behemoth out of here because like the people in the kebab shop are like we can't lift him. I was like, I most definitely can't lift him. And um, he's falling asleep doing like the nodding dog. Glass, oh. His glasses fall off. Oh, and then he wakes up. He goes, oh, oh, oh. 
Who had me glasses away? Mm. Who had your glasses away? That's you asleep. So it's, he wakes um, up. Just, just, just a, a point of order. Drinking is not big and it's not clever. And people that are straight edge are so much better than me. I wish I was there for that one. Drink because responsibly, when, though, when Chris we, had, when we do. had a kebab, it was to share. And he sat down at my kitchen table, put the Bentley eating arm around it, and I didn't even get a look in. No, I didn't get a look <laughs> in. So when he wakes up... The Bentley eating arm his... is an is affectation of my family that when we eat, we wrap our arm around our plates so nobody else can have it. I, right. have, I have one brother that's still alive. I had six others that we ate. <laughs> You're so weird. And there was no plane crash involved. No. You're so, so weird. I anyway, asleep, I'm finishing I the story. Kebab, I fell asleep in a kebab. I was in Dublin once and a man had a fight with me while I was asleep. He was punching me in the head. Joe Hammond was like, he's asleep. And he was like, I know, I'm going to get him. And he's biffing me on the head. Oh, so which I, I would imagine you deserve. Yes. <laughs> so he wakes up, right? And all this food is there. I was like, Chris, you're never going to eat this. He was like, you watch me. Eats the whole lot in about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. I was like, and drinks a Yazoo. Who drinks a Yazoo with pizza and a kebab? Like, I don't know what you do. And then you put your glasses back on. You're like, hang on. Let's go. Oh, Save got, all of this for episode twenty-three point one. I've also, I've also have to, I have to put, a for, I have to put a formal apology to the people whose drinks I took from them to sell their cups. Because I love the pound. <laughs> I get, I'm, I'm so thrifty. I see people leaving their cups. I'm like, well, it's a pound there. It's a pound. If you saw a pound on the street, you pick it up. You are so cups. tight, Chris Bentley. And then I was just so picking up tight. cups, and then, I, and then there was a few I took from people that were still drinking them. So yeah. apologies to those people. And if you see me Tell them, how much Park, did you make? You need to donate this. How much did you make? No, and I didn't. It went to my children's pocket money. And you said, I'm too big for you to argue with. Yeah, I was, I was really... You were threatening. No, I wasn't threatening. You were bullying people. No, I wasn't. For, for, anyway, for a pound So yeah, so, so, so a formal apology. Chiefs, brilliant. It was <laughs> a great but, the, but irrespective of the, of the bad behaviour, it was brilliant that the, the club acknowledging it. The past players are going to grow, become more of a thing and we can raise some, some genuine money for the extra foundation, which would be great. Right, I, I think we're about there. We've, we've still got... Oh, we're done. Stat man! So, uh, final public announcement from me, 23rd of Feb, not working networking, my event returns. Check that out, nwclub.co.uk. Coxie, anything from you? Nothing from me. Ian, anything from you? Yeah, I want to talk about, I've got a sportsman's dinner on the 1st of Feb at Winslade. I think there's one table left. It's going to oh, be man, absolutely amazing. What, it's it's going to be really good. Up. Chris at nwclub.co.uk. For the last table. John, John Barkley, John Bentley. Could be good fun. Could be amazing. So that's me done for the day. Let's get Statman on, you ready? It's the Statman. Two logs and a cocks. We, we should say goodbye now, but then there's more footage to come because like extra bonus balls were there for you. And if you want to get in touch, brad at radiox.co.uk. End of the show. Two locks and a cox. Welcome, Dave Church, the Statman. What a what a great week we've just had, and what a good week we're looking forward to coming up with some very interesting and key stats. So uh, far away, Dave. I well, I think the first stat is I'd love to know quite what the temperature was at Sandy Park on Saturday afternoon. Whatever it was, it was negative something. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, oh my God, it's freezing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was. One of the coldest I've been up there, I think. Um, and I, I think that probably affected the game a little bit. Um, that said, it was good to see Chiefs adopting their normal Champions Cup approach, which is leave it as late as possible. Um, so they've won three Champions Cup games this season and led those games for a total of 33 minutes. And 26 <laughs> minutes of that was against Munster. Wow. So, um, so yeah, it, talk about last chance saloon. Um and sort of further to that, um, I talked to you before Christmas, so we said about the after the Munster game, we talked about the their scores in the final quarter in Europe. They've now scored 70 points in the three Champions Cup games, and 40 of those have come after the 60th minute of games. No way. Wow, <laughs> yeah. That's, that is some stat. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
to put it into context, in quarter three of their 14 games in the Champions Cup and the Premiership this season, they've scored 40 points. So they've yeah. scored as many points in the last quarter of three games as they have in the third quarter of 14. Now, these, the, these are great stats to win games, but they're, they're very interesting stats as a, as a fan, as a follower, watching these games. Yeah, to make think, them exciting. Yeah, and I think the lesson from that is what Chiefs do very kindly is give you plenty of time to get a drink at halftime, meander your way back to watch the game, because they won't have done anything for those first 20 minutes. They'll just be waiting to... Uh, it almost felt like Saturday before the Frost try. They were kind of waiting for the 60-minute mark to tick over on the scoreboard, and then, oh, yeah, we'll go over now. So if it's really cold, you can stay in the bar till at yeah. least sort of the, the, the 55th, 60th minute, and you're pretty yeah. safe then to have warmed up yeah. and, uh, and not missed anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Saturday was uh, the 11th successive pool win at home for, for Chiefs. So their home record in Europe has been excellent. Um, in recent years, they've only had, they'd only had the one defeat um, in 18 it is now, but actually it's 11 successive pool wins since they played Gloucester back in December 2018. So over five years with that 100% record at home in the, in the pool stages, which explains why they've had such a good record in the competition in the last few years. Um, and Henry Slade's... Uh, match-winning conversion was also their, their thousandth point, thousandth point um, at, Ch- in, at Sandy Park in the Champions Cup. They've now got 1,001. At Sandy Park, so that's not the at way, Sandy that's Park, just right, at home. Just at Sandy Park. They've actually Which... got there in the Champions Cup before they've got there in the domestic cup competitions uh, since promotion. And I guess some of that's probably down to the French teams that have come over slightly weak and not travelled, so we've yeah, got some higher yeah. scores. Yeah, I think the last, uh, since in that run, um, since the Gloucester game in 2018, I think they're averaging about 30-odd points a game, 35, somewhere between 30 and 35 points a game. So this week, we've got Aviron, Aviron Bayonnet. Um, uh, What's our away winning uh, stats like? Are we going to be looking good for this one? So... It's not bad in France, actually. So five of the last eight uh, games they've played in France, they... they, they've won, so so that's that's pretty good as away games go. Um, of course, they just need a losing bonus point to get them the home tie in the next round, unless and that's predicated on Munster getting maximum points against Northampton Saturday night, which so, isn't going to happen. No, you would think not. So, so yeah, so so I think that's that's pretty good, really, and it will be interesting again to see what Bay Bayon do um, in terms of putting the side they put out after their last week game last weekend so in our, in our pool uh, Northampton are top uh, just on some points difference uh, and yep. we're in second and we both already qualified I believe is that right yeah we've both qualified Northampton have definitely got home uh, last 16 tie because they can only finish first or second yeah to, to get that home tie for Exeter they need a either a losing bonus point or Munster to not take five points um, and of course, sat at the bottom of our table is Toulon, the massive, the massive club of Toulon who've uh, played three and one zero so far. Yeah, you'd have got quite long odds on that, wouldn't you? I think uh, you? at yeah. the start of this season, and probably at, at sixty minutes into that game against uh, against Chiefs, really, until um, that that they staged that comeback. So you can never um, write us off in those last twenty minutes. No. No, it's been proven, um, so that's cool. We're looking forward to that one. And the uh, the women went to Saracens and unfortunately uh, lost again, succumbed. They came second. Yeah. But so, not by so, a lot. So I think it's the only ground that they're yet to win on, 
that they've played regularly away on. Um, it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah, it will happen. Four defeats, one game abandoned there. Weirdly, though, and this is a really, one of those real bonkers stats that can't be meaningful, can it? Um, that's their third defeat of four there by 13 points. So. There we go. As we said, 13 points. Unlucky for some to lose by yeah. 13 three times. And that is, you know, that's a close, that is a close game still. That's, you know, still yeah. sort of under two converted scores, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, completely. And they kept their run of the um, the bonus points going as well. Uh, and now it, it seems that obviously Europe away, and that's a, a, a strange Sunday late kickoff. And then we get into everything else. We haven't got any Prem rugby for, for what it seems like forever now, doesn't it? No, I think we've got the Saracens game the week after next still. The Saracens game the week, and then it's time off for it's, the Six Nations, yeah, then and, Six Nations. Uh, and everything with it. Ah, cool. Brilliant. Well, thanks for those stats, Dave. Uh, good to no hear problem. from you from our, our regular spot every week, and it will be interesting yeah. uh, what will happen this week. Whether I hope we don't get the scores in the last 20 minutes, that they're in the first 20 minutes like they were in the Northampton game, but unlike the Northampton game, we don't let them come back. What do you reckon those odds are? Um, well, I'm, I'm hoping it's the same because I, I, I've got a nasty feeling I'm going to miss the last 10 or 15 minutes of the game <laughs> on Sunday night. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll get it done and dusted uh, in the first three quarters of the game. Brilliant. Well, look forward to catching up with you next week and uh, we'll catch up on all those stats. Two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X with Exeter Chiefs. Don't miss the friendly against the Scarlets on Saturday the 10th of February. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk.